0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Crunch. what's up everyone welcome back to another creative crunch denver startup week mini-sode i'm your host curtis tucker as always uh we are at home base actually we're at home base we're at my home uh recording with the microphone plugged into my phone because I'm kind of saving my energy for the job fair tonight, uh, which I might talk about later in the episode. And I am also kind of just getting through some chores. I got a stack of business cards and some other things. But I really wanted to kind of keep my promise of cranking out content during the week and keeping you up to date on everything. So today's episode goes over the sessions I went to yesterday and uh, just letting you know that I'm going to the job fair tonight. So they'll definitely be included in the recap tomorrow's in tomorrow's minisode. I still have a uh, secret Uh, wish list item which is to use one of the phone booths and kind of test that out at base camp they have these little phone booths that you can uh, record and take calls in and it's really quiet and nobody can hear you and it's soft so we'll see how that goes tomorrow that's the goal at least Uh, again learning to be flexible what did you think of that sweet new intro song by dallas scott i hope you enjoyed that if you did i linked his instagram in the description below So let's get into the sessions that I went to yesterday and my thoughts on the job fair tonight. Thanks for listening in and enjoy. All right, so we are going to just start off by recapping yesterday, Tuesday of Startup Week. Uh, It was quite a crazy day. I had to be super flexible, nothing seemed to really go to plan, but I think in the end uh, everything went to plan. It just wasn't a plan that I had made up, Um, so it was exciting to kind of see what the day had in store for me. And uh, let me tell you how that all happened. I ended up running late in the morning, which I tend to do, it's kind of one of these things that I've always had about my personality that I can't seem to quite get together, is uh, getting out the door on time. So I was running a little late, got to the convention center station and just headed over to base camp, which is right there on Champa street, which is really nice in the commons on Champa, which I believe is normally just a co-working space. So it's ripe for the headquarters location. I just headed over there and kind of wanted to see what the day had planned and get some stuff recorded. Uh, But that really didn't go the way I wanted it to. And so I went looking for a session that ended up being in an outside tent, Um, and I think the schedule had changed by the time I got there because something was already in full swing and there was no room. So I ended up finding something right around the corner from that large tent. Uh, at a building across from DCPA where the theater company is housed, that is in residence at DCPA, uh, that was on the design track. So I knew that I would kind of be interested in it, and it might attract the same kind of people. Um, And I thought that that would be a great kind of just filler to kind of get the day started and a pleasant little surprise uh, to... Honestly, quite actually, it was quite honestly a nice little surprise to start the day off there. And what it was, was it was all about uh, creative technologies. And I thought what was most interesting was honestly how this session was facilitated. So we were in the commons area, like a lunchroom, a cafeteria kind of layout of this building. And we were at uh, cocktail tables made of polystyrene that were actually like giant game spinners on top and they had topics of conversation around the edge and they were designed very well and they could collapse and easily be transportable or stored Um, and I think interchanged really like I think you could reprint just the tops of the table for different events year after year um, and this allowed a small group conversation, which was a first for me to experience at Denver Startup Week. Previous days had all been lecture-based, or you're just kind of sitting in the audience passively consuming a conversation between panel experts and a moderator, uh, things of that nature. So it was nice to actually have lots of different voices in this conversation. Uh, the other cool thing about the structure of it was that it was broken into 10 minute conversations. So you got to have not only random conversations because of the spinner, but also short, brief, and multiple conversations because of that 10 minute structure. I also thought that that was very interesting. Uh, It allowed me to really easily meet everyone in the room. And I wanna say that after the UCD class showed up, which was cool that they kind of crashed this and that their professor took them to something like this instead of a boring lecture lecture but after they crashed the session i want to say that there was maybe 50 60 people easily in this session you know uh 5 10 15 20 25 yeah maybe maybe half that maybe 40 because i maybe maybe it's just such a small space that it seemed like so many people but it was really interesting to just have all of those perspectives. One table had like three different generational cohorts at it, Uh, the diversity was pretty cool once that class showed up and kind of crashed it. So it was cool to kind of explore the design track um, and just kind of throw that into the day and how that went. So that was what was really interesting about the structure of that. And I think that was maybe something that's a little unique to the design track, is you have designers and people studying creative technologies and then the uh, communication design field also exploring how we learn and sort of changing dynamics up and kind of knowing now that maybe lectures and just slide presentations or moderated conversations, albeit easy to produce and sort of uh, mass disseminate may not be as impactful in the learning as something with a unique structure that has small group work, large recaps. Um, you know, it was a really interesting way, and I think it could be scalable, and I think it could be repeated, and I think it could be an interesting way to just mix up any cocktail hour, right, is to have a little portion of it dedicated to these sort of edutainment uh, things with these spinner cocktail tables right you're able to kind of just set your beer down or your cocktail down and then you discover it's a game spinner and then it turns into sort of a moderated conversation and it only takes 10 minutes and you multiply that times three I mean that's 30 minutes of your event now taken care of and your customers and your attendees more satisfied because you've now built this into the experience I also want to go on the record and say that they had killer street tacos provided by a local restaurant. And I think kind of having a lunch or a food kind of item at your presentation is a great soft benefit. Um, It seems to be a perk at Denver Startup Week and kind of how you can get people to come. A little bit about the conversations we were having. So again, we were focused around creative technologies uh, and we had some guest speakers as well as two of the co-chairs from the design track, at our session. So we had a r- sort of a panel of experts, but instead of just presenting them at again at the front of the room at a table, you disseminate them and kind of make them facilitators to these conversations, and provide a lens. And it was quite um, impactful again in the learning. I cannot stress how much I learned doing these conversations around creative technologies. The biggest takeaway, I think, was sort of the intersection of creative technologies and social justice and sort of civic activism and how creative technologists could make civil engagement sexy and fun, right? Uh, One of the ideas we had was to develop an app that made reporting a pothole uh, more fun than just calling seven one one, right? Like, what if you earned coins that could be redeemed for things? Uh, when you reported a pothole or maybe an infrastructure flaw, uh, one of the gentlemen or one of the people that we talked to, who was facilitating the conversation, worked at Legwork Studio. Uh, who has been instrumental in sort of art interjections in the city. Uh, the scooters came up a lot, which I think is interesting how much those uh, transportation devices are impacting creative technologists, and sort of just the social landscape um, and all. I can't tell you how many conversations, not only at Denver Startup Week, but in general in the past month I've had about these conversations through the photography of them and in person. Uh, It's just fascinating to see how scooters are a creative technology and sort of how the push to just drop them off in Denver is actually in my eyes and in sort of I think in this group generally speaking was the best way to go about it because there was no way you could sit around and wait for creative technology policy makers and legislations to catch up to and be ready right? There's no way you could put enough laws and infrastructure in place because you don't really know what's going to happen. So it was really interesting to have conversations around creative technology in an interesting way. And it was quite honestly a pleasant surprise to a little hiccup in the morning. Uh, but I also got Boyer's Coffee at Basecamp, which was great. And I threw a Red Bull in the backpack for free. And again, Basecamp is just a great place to kind of hang out, start your day, the con- location was really convenient this year uh, with it being next to the convention center. I'm able to take the train in from the suburbs and easily get there, making this free event truly free. So we're going to take a quick break and then I'm all going to tell you, But sorry about that. We're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to tell you all how to publish a revolution. Thanks for listening in. Alright, welcome back. I'm going to attempt to up the narrative storytelling here in Creative Crunch and paint a little picture for you. So imagine you've spent a long day going to several workshops, networking, making meaningful connections, and adding value to other people's lives in well, careers while also learning as much as you possibly can, right? Being a sponge to all of this information and social interaction. So now you're just sitting at a folding table, unwinding at the end of the day, drinking a free beer from a local microbrewery, taking a beautiful time-lapse of a church and the sunset and the clouds, um, and you're just trying to unwind and relax. And then around the corner comes a person wearing an iMac, yes, the old bubble, uh, colorful plastic Macintoshes from the early aughts on their head. So naturally I have to interrupt my time lapse, grab my camera, turn it on quickly, remove the lens cap, and snap some photos of this creature-person-cyborg hybrid walking towards me. And then they stop at my table. Now, I can hear the person through them, but I have no idea what they look like. The screen still seems to be intact, and so I have no idea what this person looks like. I can just vaguely hear them through the plastic. And they tell me uh, that they have a session tomorrow, and it's all about publishing, a revolution, and it'll be a panel discussion, it'll be at MSU Denver. I was like, this is fascinating, and... This is now a way for me to quickly edit these photos overnight and get them to this person tomorrow. And I did that exactly, right? So after learning about creative technologies and having wonderful group discussions, I made my way to MSU Denver to some crazy room in the Student Success Building that has a name and an acronym way too long for me to remember. But it was basically a new fancy meeting room with 360 degrees of screens and uh, microphones for everyone, wireless and everything. It was quite a nerdy setup. There was even like a little projectionist booth with a person sitting behind a window that kind of looks like the movie theater windows where the projector is uh, running a whole slew of computers and AV technologies. So it's quite an interesting venue for this, having to trek all the way to MSU Denver. Uh, It wasn't that bad, honestly, I was already at DCPA, but making the journey to the SSB uh, to learn how to publish a revolution. Now, if you know me and you're familiar with me and kind of the impact and things that I've done in Denver, a small portion of that is centered around zines and independent publishing and printmaking. Uh, I had a short stint with Birdie Magazine as an artist liaison, I'll call it, and I still collect Birdie Magazine, I collect suspect press whenever I can grab it, also I get my hands on Rooster, and really anything local, I try to uh, add to my collection of zines and small press, uh, I have everything, I'm staring at it right now, uh, recording this from my home base with a nice microphone, um, and it's quite a breadth and depth of publishing material. So I was, of course, very interested in this person's invitation. Uh, Come to find out it's Anthony, the uh, editor-in-chief, publisher, and creator, and whatever you want to call it, face of Salt Magazine, which is a newer independent publication in Denver. Uh, It was Anthony on the panel, as well as Brittany, the editor-in-chief of 303 Magazine, which is actually 100% digital now, and Lee, who was the founder and operator of an indigenous comic book store in New Mexico, as well as the creator of Indigicon, the indigenous Comic-Con. So publishing a revolution was wonderful uh, because, again, it was my people, but I had no idea it was happening, and so I was really uh, grateful to kind of see computer cyborg person... Uh, around the corner and take photos of them and get invited to this. So here are some takeaways from that. Publishers are becoming investors and stakeholders in publications, which I think is interesting. I experimented with this with my partner Emily in a little venture called Smart, uh, Far Out Zines, where we would kind of Wholesale, and I'm air-quoting that, or just buy small batches of the zines from the creators and then act as a middleman and a redistributor. Uh, I thought that was interesting to see Lee do that on a larger scale with indigenous comic book creators and artists uh, through prints. And then uh, Anthony is experimenting with AR in publications mostly from a source of revenue, it seems, but also creatively um, and expanding that. And they're doing some testing with uh, releasing to that into their print publications and really trying to change consumer behaviors to even use a digital device while reading a paper publication. Uh, but Anthony said with some of their test groups and the early issues, once the consumer had that behavior down, they wanted to continuously do it through the publication. So it'll be interesting to kind of see the future of Salt and I will always try to grab a copy when I see one around town just to see if that AR feature ever becomes Uh, integrated back into it and definitely uh, if it does as an ad revenue stream. um, Both Anthony from Salt Magazine and Brittany from 303 are experimenting and doing research with video into their publications. Uh, 303, obviously, it makes a little bit more sense because they are all digital, so they could easily integrate video um, and diversify their portfolio of content and sort of expand the breadth and depth and also just simply respond to the algorithms which are designed on social media platforms for video. Uh, you can easily do this test for yourself and prove me right or wrong. Post a picture one day and then post a video another day. Zero thought and effort into both. And you will see that just alone the algorithm, especially on Facebook, I've noticed, uh, will grow and send that reach out of the video much more exponentially and quickly than a photograph. Right, So it's interesting to see that, uh publishers thinking about video. Of course, both of them are thinking about events. Uh, 303 Magazine has always partnered with Denver Fashion Week. And then, of course, uh, Lee mentioned Indigenous Con, which I thought was interesting. Salt Magazine is experimenting more with uh, local pop-ups and smaller community engagements sort of just to boost readership. And I think that makes sense, right? Like, you pop up, you say, this is what we look like, look for us. This is the kind of experiences we provide. This is what we research. Here's a free whatever. Check out our AR thing, right? Like a pop-up is a great way for, I think, them to like reintroduce AR into the community. Just do like a little hands-on demo there. So um, bouncing off of that other events session we did, it's proof, right? Like this is validation. On a completely different session, on a completely different day, events came up. So everything from the events session that we talked about in the last mini uh, you see now in publishing, even publishers of print publications are getting into events. And that was kind of the genesis of Stuff on Walls, is it was a partnership with Birdie Magazine in the early days um, to kind of also increase their readership and their awareness. Uh, now, the last takeaway I want to talk about before we hit the 10-minute mark here is saying thank you, Right? And this was an interesting talking point that came across through all three of these publishers is that not only can you or should you be providing exposure uh, when you can't necessarily meet someone's financial goals, but you should be providing meaningful exposure, right? And that is, again, asking about a contributor's goals. Uh, I think a lot of times with photography, it's like, okay, well, maybe I could get you into this kind of thing so that you can take these kind of photos and expand your portfolio into this area as well as compensation, right? And it might be tickets on a lot. I, I think just in general, without using specific examples, it's providing a long list of soft benefits, If you can't quite meet a contributor's financial expectations. And that was echoed across all of the boards. I think most successfully with Lee um, and his comic book business in the form of being an investor right? And getting the artist to have skin in the game, to put money up um themselves as a business, as a comic book store, because uh, as he was saying, they are a chain, uh, they are a distribution channel, right? He has ways of moving 10,000 units, right? Like there's a way for Lee to move his comics that he's investing in uh through his events and through his store and through online sales and Whatever, And the artist does as well. The artist has created a list over time through events and through social media engagement that is exclusive to them. And so they can sell their comics to that audience and retain all of their uh, money from that and make their money back, right? And re-get their skin, I guess is how you could say that. So we just crossed the 10-minute mark. Obviously, I was very fascinated with the publishing A Revolution. It kind of echoed everything that I've seen with zines and working with and volunteering for the Denver Zine Library and going to Zine Fest and having friends in the small press sphere in Denver. I think the same sentiments we experienced as independent creators, are also echoed on a larger scale. But then the challenge is, now you have other people involved, right? And I experienced that with far-out zines. The second you take on someone's uh, zines and you wholesale buy from them, they are a client, and that is a relationship, right? And that needs to be developed and cultivated into something meaningful. And that takes time, energy, and resources, right? And so it's really interesting to see that, you know, like they have the exact same challenges, but now other people are involved. And so it becomes a little bit more risky. And another risk, the last thing I'll touch on is like the pressure to be free. I think that kind of echoed through everyone, um, especially in print, right? Nobody wants to bother with paying for a print publication anymore. And Anthony kind of touched on the sheer infrastructure required to take payment at remote locations is just huge, right? Um, so it was interesting to hear that. Um, tonight is the job fair, and I will talk a little bit about that after another quick break. Thanks for sticking with us. We're almost done with today's mini Alright, so that pretty much wraps up today's mini-sode, a little recap of yesterday. I don't think much is going to happen today. I might go hang out at base camp, uh, but honestly, I might stay home and just get a lot of work done. I have a stack of business cards that I need to get through and touch base with people and kind of see who I could still set up meetings with maybe tomorrow and Friday at base camp during startup week. Just get the ball rolling right here and now. Uh, Don't waste any time and do it next week. So that might be uh, part of today and tomorrow and Friday is to just kind of go through that. Tonight is a job fair at the McNichols building. I'm really excited for this. I'm interested to kind of see the layout. I've only been to a handful of job fairs in the past. Uh, One was specifically for the cannabis industry. And honestly, because I did not have my badge, I was just really overlooked. I did not know that going into that, that that would be kind of a requirement, so I'm interested to kind of see the learning curve for me tonight. Uh, is it gonna be a party? Is it gonna be really boring? You know, is it gonna be packed? Is it gonna be empty? Is there gonna be t-shirt cannons? I'm really excited to kind of see what, um, denver startup week job fair looks like i'm a little nervous with that excitement but i think that's good it's good motivation to get that creative crunch on i'm gonna go get a bunch of resumes printed out i'm gonna have my box of business cards in my backpack again i'll probably have my camera out and just try to have a fast way to the resumes or whatever and just kind of touch and feel i am gonna make a vlog about this so make sure you're following me on instagram and twitter at curtis crunch uh, to keep up with the stories moment by moment, but there will be a vlog on YouTube. There will also be a blog, B L O G, on my WordPress. I'm gonna to try to start getting into that as a way of just again communicating more information to you guys. If you're enjoying these mini sods and you really wanna have me go to more conferences, go to more events, do the learning for you, because I get it, we're all solo entrepreneurs. We're all uh, sole proprietors out there, small companies, and we might not be able to go to everything. And that's what I wanna do. I wanna go to things for you. I want to make content for you. I want to uh, let you learn on your own time. If you can't make it to Denver Startup Week, you should be able to listen to these mini-sodes whenever you want. So if you want to continue this in the future, you want to see a lot more of this next year, uh, consider clicking that listener support link in the description, and it'll take you to a anchor.fm page where you can securely make a monthly recurring donation of 99 cents. That small amount alone, multiplied by all the amazing listeners we have out there, can easily help me achieve all of my goals, and can keep me going to conferences, at least in Denver for now. I think that would be great to kind of hone in on the conference scene in Denver, and then expand that largely, uh, larger, Woo, that larger is not a word, but larger to Colorado, um, and just creatively learn for you guys and disseminate that information through podcasts through YouTubes and blogs. So if you'd like to see that happen next year, uh, and right now, honestly, because we're doing it, you're listening to it with Startup Week, click that listener support link in the description. It'd be greatly appreciated. We will see you guys hopefully tomorrow. Be flexible with me as I check in from Basecamp. Uh, I really want to use one of those secret phone booths. So I think we're going to record from one of those phone booths tomorrow and stare out at the world, and they won't be able to hear me. But I'll just look at them while I'm recording my podcast. Anyway, that wraps up Creative Crunch Minisode Denver Startup Week for today. Thanks for listening. Hit me up on the gram, on the Twitter, at Curtis Crunch. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.